Hello, and welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. Today, we have a very, very special episode because this is our first interview since the pandemic lockdown began here in California. Not only that, we have an absolutely incredible guest. He's an actor. He's a martial artist. He's a writer. He's extremely talented, Mr. Sean Kanan. So in this interview, you're going to hear him talk about all sorts of things. But one of the coolest parts is he gets to go into detail about some of the extracurricular stuff he does outside of just acting in the martial arts. Uh, we want to thank Mr. Kanan once again for being so generous with his time. Uh, a few minutes in, you're going to hear uh, he had to take a phone call real quick, so we kind of just edit that out. But uh, otherwise, it was a Zoom call, so there's going to be some audio popping here and there and so forth. So uh, I apologize in advance. But don't let that deter you from listening to this episode because it is truly inspiring. He is an incredible individual and just had both Gavin and I fired up afterwards, which you'll hear. We talk a little bit after we end the call with him. But anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening. There we are. Okay, everybody, today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, you may remember him from his roles in The Karate Kid Part 3, General Hospital, The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless. We have actor, writer, showrunner, martial artist, Sean Kanan. Thank you for joining us today. Guys, how are you? Thank you so much. It's really a great honor to have you here. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah, so it. For, for our listeners, obviously, probably what they're most familiar with is your role in the Karate Kid Part 3, but we want to talk to talk about everything in your career because it's just so diverse and you've done so much, and we know people probably just constantly ask you the same questions, so really, we'll start with a, a quick background, right? Uh, but I am very interested also in your specific martial arts training because unlike a lot of the cast members of Karate Kid Part 3, you had martial arts training beforehand. Yes. Uh, as opposed to a lot of, especially the Cobra Kai students and so forth. So uh, maybe you can just start us from the beginning, where you're from, how you got involved in the martial arts. So I come from a town in Western Pennsylvania called Newcastle, Pennsylvania. And uh, when I was about 15 years old, I, uh, I timidly stepped into a Shotokan dojo and really fell in love with it. Uh, I trained in traditional Japanese karate for a few years, eventually did some American kickboxing. Uh, right now, I'm currently studying Filipino stick and knife fighting. Um, Very nice. Who are you studying with right now? So, uh, oddly enough, I'm studying with uh, Grandmaster Daryl Vidal. Oh, from, from uh, the way you play. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I said, yeah. And most recently, I was just actually up training in Northern California in a, a place called Pollock Pines with an amazing martial artist uh, named Adam McKinley. Okay. So I just a couple of weeks ago from training with him. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm in uh, Calaveras County, kind of up in the mountains in Northern California. So uh, a little more obscure, but obviously going into Karate Kid Part 3, you also trained with Fumio Demura and Pat Johnson, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, uh, Sensei Demura's um, school uh, absorbed my school in Pennsylvania. So we actually became a part of the Japan Karate Federation. Oh. So I, him, 
before I ever did the Karate Kid 3. And he, he let me know about the role. He said, you know, they're going to be hiring this, uh, the new villain. And you should definitely, you know, you should definitely throw your hat in the ring. So he was, he was really instrumental in my getting the role. He was instrumental in kind of giving me his, his blessing as, you know, would I be able to do the martial arts, et cetera. Wow. And I mean, it shows because there's definitely a difference between, I think in the first film, William Zopka did a fantastic job, at, you know, in his performance, but there's also a difference in the execution of your techniques in part three, where you see that hard karate style. There's just a, a level of authenticity, not just the athleticism that say uh, William Zopka brought to the role. You brought that athleticism and the level of true like karate technique, the, the hard punches and the kicks. It just looked very believable. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, I, martial arts is always something that I've loved uh, and I've really kind of been getting recommitted to it, uh, you know, this past year. And, uh, you know, at 54 years old, obviously it's a little different than when you're training when you're 20. But, uh, you know, I, I really uh, it's something that I've always loved. And, you know, I, I don't think it's just the physical aspect of martial arts. You know, I mean, I think as martial artists, um, you know, it's almost like a code of conduct and the way that we treat people. And uh, it sort of permeates into all different aspects of our life. A hundred percent agree. And actually, Gavin and I talk about this quite a lot because Gavin grew up in Japan. And what? yeah, so he's got the connection there, especially, you know, we both like to think we try to uphold that Bushido code. And mm -hmm. I spent years living in Asia as well uh, to pursue my martial arts studies. And so... <laughs> live in Asia? Uh, I started off in Thailand. I moved to Thailand originally to train and fight in Thailand, ran out of money, uh -huh. <laughs> decided to go teach English in China. And I said I was going to be there for one year and stayed uh, five and a half. What was show idea of Zhong Wen? Uh, Wow, in Japanese, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I've been studying for, I guess, about a year and a half. Excellent. Yeah, uh, your your pronunciation was really good. Need a fighting handy oh, guy. Go, go watch that guy. Um, his YouTube videos. What is it, Shama? Uh, no, I, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pretends he's like a stupid tourist, and then he like busts out like fluent Mandarin or um, what's that other um, dialect? Fujian. It's really spoken in like a small, yeah. And there, there's like, there's, there's a hundred dialects. So the funny part is when I was in Shanghai, you know, they would try to teach me the, the Shanghai Hua. And I'd be like, guys, I'm just trying to learn Mandarin. <laughs> you know, it's hard enough. Right. It is hard. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's, it's really fun when you, you know, as a, as a new student, when you start seeing your ability to kind of form some phrases and understand some things. Yeah, most definitely. And it's a great thing you could do while on lockdown, you know, if there's nothing uh, else for you to do, you can learn a language. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's segue over Gavin. I know you kind of have some uh, questions, especially regarding the soap operas, uh, because it's quite fascinating your extensive career in soaps. You, you've done over a thousand episodes of soap operas. You've been on some of the biggest ones there are. Uh Gavin, why don't you uh, kind of lead the way with this? So I, I, my first question is probably going to be about uh, an upcoming season of a TV show and wondering <laughs> wondering if Sam Stevens is going to get to do some action in season two of Studio City. 
<laughs> well, we just finished filming five new episodes of Studio City. Uh, and and if, for those people that are fans of the show, they know that Sam's dream is to be an action star. And in uh, in the recent five episodes that we filmed, uh, Sam uh, looks like he may just get a shot to do that. So if, if you haven't had a chance to watch the new episodes, they are uploaded to Amazon Prime, and they're they're terrific. We're really proud of them. Um, filming during during the pandemic absolutely had some you know very significant challenges to it. We we had to film. Uh, significantly reduced um, crew. Guys, I am so sorry. You hold on one second. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so where were we? We were... Uh, well, we were... Oh, the show. Studio yes. City. So, yeah, uh, so we were just finishing talking about Studio City, which is available for streaming. I think it's uh, received some nominations or one very special it, nomination. Uh, yeah, we received uh, eight Emmy nominations uh, last year and 12 Indie Series Awards. And we won four of the Indie Series Awards. We won an Emmy. So um, it's, been, it's been really exciting. Awesome. Congratulations yeah. to you, my man. Very cool. So, uh, we're, I'm, so a lot of my questioning is going to be uh, sort of tying a thread back to maybe uh, the link to martial arts and, and your, your work ethic. But essentially, as AJ mentioned, you've, you've done over 1,000 episodes on daytime television, which is, as I understand I it, extre an extremely rigorous schedule. You're shooting maybe one to two episodes a day, uh, yeah. and there isn't necessarily an off-season. It's not 24, 12 episodes a year. It's maybe... That's, that's not, I mean, there's not an off-season in the sense that the show is airing all year long, but generally, um, most soap operas take a month off during uh, the holidays, and they take a month off during the summer. And generally, they only shoot four days a week. When, when we were doing Bold the Beautiful, it was only Tuesday through Friday. So you do have free time and downtime, but when you're working, it's really intense and it's, it's very, um, compact and, and, and you're, you're, you're dealing with a, a lot of dialogue. So yeah, when you work on your game. And, and also like, uh, speaking to like, you know, you will definitely discuss your most recent book, but you have three books out now. Uh, the, the, how to be a gentleman book, the cookbook, modern gentleman, yeah. modern gentleman. <laughs> You have uh, Success Factor X, which uh, we've been reading, and uh, Success Factor. Yes, and we're we're both waiting for uh, Code of the uh, Way of the Cobra. Way, to way, way of the Cobra, way which of the Cobra. Uh, yeah. everyone can pre-order now. So it's, you know you can just look it yeah. up online. Way of the Cobra, Sean Kanan, pre-order. We've pre-ordered it. We're looking forward to it. So much, uh, you guys. Yeah, uh, the book has been doing really, really well in pre-order. I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, I mean, you tell me when you want to talk about it, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. essentially, what I what I'm like kind of pointing to is you're you're writing three books now. You're in mm -hmm. over a thousand episodes of of television. You you have a very successful film career. You are probably one of the most tenacious or hardworking folks that I know. Oh. Now, now that we've done research, uh, uh, like you stand out and above of just someone who works so hard. And I'm wondering how that relates to if that relates to just who you are in your DNA or your or your martial arts training, or if those two kind of prepared you for this, I mean, you're, you're working hard. I, I think it's probably a combination of all of it. I mean, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little like a shark. I, I, I don't, uh, I gotta keep moving. I'm always doing something else. Um, and I enjoy it that way. 
my, my wife, Michelle, is my creative partner. And so it's great because we work together on everything. And so we're able to tackle multiple projects at the same time, um, which is which is amazing. I mean, she's, you know, she's she's absolutely, you know, the, 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 the strongest asset that I could ask for as a, a creative partner. She brings a very different skill set to uh, a lot of things that I can't do. And uh, I like to think I bring one or two to what, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, I just, I, I enjoy doing different things. I mean, I love acting and it's funny. I, I had a realization a, a little while ago that I, I thought I initially got into acting because I wanted to express myself. And that's why a lot of people go into the arts. Um, and as I've gotten older and I've thought more about it, I realized really the, the impetus for my getting into acting, even though I didn't know it at the time was I wanted to inspire people. And that's what I'm truly passionate about, about helping people become their best selves, because there is a selfish motivation in doing okay. that. It helps my best self. So, um, and so, so the realization that I came to was that acting wasn't the only conduit that I could use to inspire people. And now I do it, you know, hopefully with my writing and my, my personal coaching and my speaking and each one sort of fulfills something different in me and, and allows me to connect with people and to inspire them. That's really great. And, and uh, I think this is almost a natural segue in, into uh, Way of the Cobra, but I, I did want to take one, one moment to point out in uh, what I really appreciated about uh, uh, Success Factor is it's, it's essentially <laughs> a collection of essays from successful people from different walks of life. And I, I appreciated that it wasn't your your usual like top 10 most successful people you had you had voices in there that we wouldn't normally see and, and again it goes back to you know sensei Fumio demura and pat johnson you have you have a, an array of of voices in that and it just uh you know it i i can see how that can catch on to catch different people and i think book book authority right said so it's one of the 20 most inspirational books in the last few decades yeah. that was that was that was incredibly flattering um yeah, we've got we've got people like Mark Cuban and the first female billionaire uh, Sarah Blakely and um, gosh Anthony Robbins. I mean, people that you know have success stamped on their forehead, and, and they they need no introduction. But then we've got a lot of people in the book that are absolutely not household names, mm -hmm. and they are incredibly successful uh, in ways that aren't necessarily defined by uh, you know material possession, monetary gain, et cetera. And this is, this is something I talk about in Way of the Cobra. I talk about the necessity to define your success. And, and you know, that means that it's not success defined by some celebrities' obnoxious Instagram feed showing off all their toys and all the, you know, sexy places they've been. It's, it's not the commercials that were spoon-fed from, you know, Madison Avenue, and it's not the airbrushed covers of magazines that we see. Everyone's success is different. And while we may share some uh, common denominators of what we consider to be successful, there are certain things that uh, are specific only to you that would right. allow you to know you're being successful. Um, you know, I tell a story in the book and uh, I say, you know, if there was an immigrant who was a janitor, and he worked for 30 years as a janitor, he probably wouldn't be the first person that you would associate with being massively successful. But what if I told you that that same guy saved all of his money, 
He's, he put his only daughter through uh, medical school and she became a brilliant re research scientist and saved tens of thousands of lives. I would say he is phenomenally successful. So the reason I say that is that if money and material possession and fame were the only uh, benchmarks of success, then a spectacular number of the population would be deemed unsuccessful, right? Right. So, but what's also interesting is, you know, in, in Success Factor X, you have all of these diverse people talking about success and almost all of them define it in their ability to help other people achieve their success. Uh, and I, I found that really interesting. Um, and also you see that they're common denominators that these people from diverse fields use different strategies. I'm sorry, uh, uh, the same strategies to achieve different types of success. And my acting coach, the late Roy London used to say, I have more in common with a successful plumber than I do with an unsuccessful acting teacher. And by yeah. that he meant success leaves clues. And so when, uh, you know, somebody who is a successful plumber generally has to do all of the very same things that somebody who achieves success as an acting coach has to do. There's certain things that you simply must do. And the, the most basic, the very most basic things is to behave with integrity, and to treat other people with common courtesy and respect. That is, that, that's, that's foundational, okay? You, you, you may achieve some kind of success without those two things, but it will be short-lived and, and it will be inauthentic. Uh, that's well, I'm gonna re-listen to this episode and, and use this as uh, my morning motivation. <laughs> but uh, Thank you. Can, can you talk to us, uh, uh, basically tell us what the acronym COBRA stands for. In, in yeah, so COBRA is an acronym uh, comprised of the words character, optimization, balance, respect, and abundance. And these are the five pillars that form the way of the COBRA. And a COBRA is somebody that is living their best, most authentic life. Uh, you know, it's, it's the, the tagline for the book is release your inner badass. And everybody has, everyone has an inner badass. It might've gotten lost, or it might not be discovered, but I promise you, you've got one. And in the beginning of the book, I say, look, I've got good news and I've got bad news. It's funny how that works out, right? And if you're like me and you're like Don Corleone, you want to get the bad news first, yeah. right? So here's the bad news. I don't have a, a, a silver bullet or a magic pill that is going to make you that unstoppable beast that you want to be. But here's the good news. It's like the Zen riddle. How did the ship get in the bottle? It was already there. Everything you need to awaken that beast that in my book we call a cobra, it's already within you. You just have to bring it out. And that's what I do in the book. Holy moly, I'm really looking, yeah. <laughs> really excited for this book now. I'm like, I'm just sitting here just eating all this stuff. This is fantastic. And so you, you mentioned you do motivational speaking, correct? Yeah. Okay, so uh, in the show notes, I'll definitely try to put a link uh, for that. Do you have a, a website for that or information where people can get? I do. I have a yes. I have a representation for all of that, and uh, I'll, I'll get that. I'll get that to you when we're done talking. Perfect. Yeah, really? because I'm 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 super inspired right now, and you know, it's funny. It's I sometimes think you know I'm very dedicated with my martial arts and my training, and even this, but sometimes we get a little complacent we get a little lazy sure. in a sense and just hearing coming from you man i just i got this fire now i'm like yeah i'm gonna get on top of doing some stuff and and, and a word for 
And for what just AJ just said, like when he says he gets complaints that, I mean, he's training to become a professional kickboxer. He's done, he's had multiple amateur That's fights. Amazing. And it's wow. when, his complacency is like, it, it's a game of inches. And so when he can get I, motivated, it's, it makes all the difference. Uh, you know, I, I, before this book happened, um, actually before Success Factor X happened uh, in 2019, you know, I had a period in my life where I think like a lot of people, I had experienced some notable success. I had also uh, participated in a few spectacular failures, failures I put in quotes. Uh, and, you know, I, I was looking in the mirror and I was thinking, okay, what's next? You know, what, what, what's my next move here? And uh, I was facing some challenges. I was, uh, you know, I was 35 pounds overweight. I was dealing with some, uh, you know, the demons from my past that were resurfacing and uh, I needed to make some significant changes. And I decided that rather than, you know, wait for my ship to come in, I was going to build the damn ship. And yeah. so I started doing things very differently. And uh, I'll, I'll leave these two strategies with you because, like I said, I like to always bring value to everything I do. I don't want to just promote my book. I want to give some concrete solutions. You know, we've all heard the saying carpe diem, which is Latin for seize the day. So in Way of the Cobra, I talk about carpe mane seize the morning, the importance of controlling the morning as a way of directing the trajectory of the rest of your day. And by getting up an hour, 90 minutes earlier before you're bombarded with, you know, the chaos of the outside world and starting your day in gratitude. And, you know, this is not a discussion about religion. There's lots of ways to express gratitude. For me, I wake up, first thing I do is I hit my knees. And I find five things to be thankful for. And from there, I go and I meditate for about five minutes, you know, as a way of just centering myself. And then, and I don't do this all the time, but I do it from time to time, is I do some journaling where I basically just vomit out whatever I want on the page as a way of getting that monkey chatter out of my head. Okay. And, and then I do some visualization. Um, I visualize what do I have to do during the day? How do I, how do I visualize that being successful, having the best outcome, not just for me, but for the people that I'm engaged with, bringing value to them. And, and lastly, uh, I'm a big proponent of reading. Um, uh, I think if you can read for 30 pages a day in the morning and just fill your mind with some really good motivating, uh, information, uh, you know, by the end of the year, you'll have read, you know, 15 books at least. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, to me, I still think reading is one of the greatest equalizers in the world because you can come from any socioeconomic background and you more or less have access to words from some of the greatest uh, individuals in the world. And that can change your reality. So that's, that's kind of the first thing. The, the second thing that is, uh, you know, that I'm a big proponent of is you, you need to accept the fact that the universe wants you to win. And as evidenced by that, it is encoded in our DNA to survive. And survival is the very basis of success. You got to survive. To, you can't succeed if you're not around, right? Yep. And, and it, it's, it's also um, high, highlighted, highlight, highlighted by the point that, um, you know, for 200,000 years, we were not the dominant species. I mean, we were running around in loss, trying not to get eaten by saber-toothed tigers. And now saber-toothed tigers are a footnote in an anthropology book and we're the dominant species. So, you know, a lot of people get into that, oh, woe is me. Everything is stacked against me. The universe is against me, which is crap. 
Okay, so you know, in the in the way of the cobra in our dojo, there is no place for victimization. Because it's really, you know, we say playing a victim. And if you think about it, it's what you're doing. You're playing a role. And now, more than ever in our society, there are all sorts of benefits to being a victim. You know, you get to be a part of a, uh, uh, of a special class. You get special attention. You know, and I'm not saying there aren't people that are actual victims in this world, and there are. But I'm talking about the people that kind of gravitate towards attaching a negative story to some event in their life. And then they wear it like an anvil around their neck and it becomes their identifying characteristic and it absolutely self-sabotages their ability to succeed. That's the first thing. Uh, the, the, the second thing is, um, uh, what was I going to say? The first thing is, uh, you know, identify that the, uh, universe wants you to win. And I, I think the second thing is that, you, you know, you, you have to, you have to live a life of service. You know, you have to go into everything you do saying, how can I bring value to someone else? Uh, not just engaging in kind of a win-win scenario. I mean, you know, there's very few times in life, uh, AJ, you know this from competing in martial arts, that is one of them where it's a, it's a zero sum game. You know, the other guy has to lose for you to win. But, you know, I would also challenge the fact that sometimes even in losing, there can be a win. If you're learning from it, if there's the, you know, exchange of sportsmanship, if you, you know, you're able to prove something to yourself, et cetera. So I, I think there's, you know, with very, very few exceptions in life, um, we always want to be trying to engage in a win-win scenario in everything we do. And, you know, without getting too, you know, touchy-feely and fuzzy, I think that there is a karmic reality that we, we get from that kind of behavior. Wow. I mean, yeah. the, the funny is you, you nailed so many things on the head that Gavin and I talk about stuff that I was raised doing literally the exact words. My father used to always joke with me when I was younger and I was feeling sorry for myself. He'd always say, Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. And he kind of do this pretend crying thing. And then no matter how upset I was, I'd be like, stop. And he'd be like, woe is me. It would wake me up. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. What am I, what am I doing right now? You know, he was literally disrupting your state by getting you a little angry and then making you laugh at yourself. Exactly takes you out of that victimization. And listen, everybody does it, okay? Uh -huh. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not contemplating my navel up on top of uh, a mountaintop in Nepal, okay? You know, I wrote this book because I've made every mistake in the book, okay? And I, and I want people to learn from my experience. And I think that people who have, you know, made mistakes and who have overcome them and, and been able to achieve some success make the best tour guides in life. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I feel very sorry for people that have experienced monumental success their first time at the plate, because when inevitably something happens where they experience a, you know, I, I put failure in air quotes because I don't believe there's really any failure, but, but they're, they're not sometimes so equipped to handle it. And they, they have a very difficult time getting up when knocked down sometimes. Now, look, there are people that are absolute goats in life and they just, yeah. you know, <laughs> God bless them. But, you know, for me, my, my experientially, my life has always more or less had to be kind of a, a trial by air. And I think a lot of people are like that. Most definitely. And it, when it comes to bringing back to fighting and martial arts, you always learn more from your losses than your wins. Yeah, hopefully. And, and, and I think that's predicated on the necessity 
for having a really strong why. Because your why is that thing that's going to pick you up when you've had your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's that thing that is going to drive you to silence the haters and the naysayers. And, um, you know, uh, uh, what's one of the things I talk about in the book is getting really clear on your why. And a why can be either moving towards something or away from it. A really quick uh, story is you have two boys and they're both raised in different households with alcoholic fathers. And the one father... Uh, you know, drinks away all of his money, is abusive to the wife, he's terrible to the family, and the son grows up to mirror his father's behavior and becomes an alcoholic, abusive, can't hold a job, etc. The second son in an alcoholic household watches his father and says, I am never going to drink. I'm never going to put my family at risk. I'm never going to, you know, lose a job. Uh, and, you know, his father served as his why of what he never wanted to become. Uh, so you could be moving away from something, um, you know, for me, my why is real simple. I look at it, you know, every day when I look at my wedding ring, you know, it's, it's my commitment to my wife. It's, you know, never wanted to look at my wife and ever have, you know, buyer's remorse and, and feel that I'm not living up to my potential. So for me, that's a, that's a pretty motivating thing. Um, my, my secondary why is what I talked about, about, you know, being inspirational to people helping them become their very best. I'm, I'm impassioned by it. And I, you know, I think you hear it when I, when I talk, it's something that really engages me. Most definitely. Yeah. Go ahead, Gavin. Oh, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm, it is very funny because when you started this, this uh, talking, uh, one of the, one of my questions on my, in my uh, book to ask was how do you start your days? What's, what's your morning routine? Like, and, and you've just, you've not just covered that you, you went deep into it and, 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 and connected it to the why. And it's, it's really, uh, you know, th- this is one of the reasons why we started this show to, uh, to see how martial artists live. I mean, we talk about martial art films and we'll, we'll, you know, like every few episodes we do reviews, we do top 10 lists, yeah. but this, this is one of the reasons why we started this show. And I, I, it's really great to have you on here. And it's like, you're, this conversation in particular is, uh, bringing to fruition, you know, sort of the dream we had when we, when we started talking to folks about a, a year and two months ago, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, we start, we started this podcast on a whim, uh, actually a project for one of my grad school classes. And then we kind of just rolled with it and, you know, it wasn't something we planned. It wasn't expected. And it's just kind of grown into this thing. I, that's fantastic. You guys. And I mean, I would say that we are, we are, you know, we're brothers, we're kindred spirits, because I mean, ultimately, uh, I, I would say that the reason that you guys did this, whether you knew it or not at the time, is to inspire people. You know, you took something that you guys both love, that we all love, and, and it's you're, you're paying it forward. So you guys are absolutely OG Cobras in my book. Yes, love it. And uh, before we let you go, there is one last thing I want to talk about. So <laughs> many people may know, I am, yeah, I am the biggest walker texas ranger super fan oh okay. like massive uh as i always joke that my wonderful girlfriend jessica our first christmas together i told her yeah you know i, I want season two of walker texas ranger on dvd i had season one she gave me the whole box set and oh, i almost i was just like she's the one but <laughs> your your <laughs> your character on the episode eyes of the ranger brad out uh is maybe top five villain on that show uh, for people that don't know you, you play this creepy as hell, but like, I, yeah, predator, pedophile type guy. And, but you're just so good. What was your experience like working on Walker? Well, listen, uh, 
when I was a kid, I'll never forget. My father must have met Chuck Norris somewhere, and he gave me an autographed picture of Chuck. And I'll never forget what it said. It said, "Sean, keep on kicking." And you know, I, I grew up with all of his movies. Um, was a huge fan, and years later, I, I got on the show, and I, Chuck greeted me uh, as soon as I got to set, and he was absolutely one of the nicest guys you could ever want to meet. And to have been able to do a fight scene with Chuck Norris. I mean, that's like, if, if I never did anything else, um, you know, that, that would have been a pretty amazing thing to be able to tell people I did. I was so flattered and honored to have been able to do it. And uh, it's so funny. I hadn't seen it in a long time and somebody just sent it to me uh, and I rewatched it. It, it just was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. And the performance is twofold because that role could have easily just been over the top or unbelievable, but your performance is so good because you were obviously such a nice person, but, and just like Mike Barnes, but this is like Mike Barnes on steroids because you are just, <laughs> this character is just scum of the earth. And to catch a predator. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, just that and the thing is walker went on for nine seasons had so many villains and for you to be on that top list man kudos to you Honor. and your acting abilities your martial arts abilities and everything else thank you i really appreciate it, you guys it means a lot to me for you to have me on the show and uh, obviously next time uh we're all in la we have to get you out to train with sugarfoot because uh that would be a great experience he'd love to meet wow. you and yeah I would absolutely love that. I want to wish you guys all the best for this. You are doing great work. And, uh, you know, whatever I can do to support you guys and help you, you know how to get a hold of me now. So please do that. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts after you read Way of the Cobra. Yes, Wait. yes. And likewise, if we can ever do anything for you, let us know. And, uh, take care, you guys. Thanks so much, Sean. See you. Bye. 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 I'm still recording because I yeah, just thought that, maybe we might want to get a little reaction. Like <laughs> <laughs> for people that can't see us right now, it's like I have the biggest smile on my face. But wow, that was just so cool. That, that, was, that was super cool. Okay, I was expecting it to be good. I was expecting him to be awesome. But man, my I, I'm just so inspired right now. I'm just I'm gonna go outside and just like start kicking trees, you know, uh, Van Dam style. Yeah, I know. I, I have to go to work in a little while. Not not too soon. Don't worry, we don't have to. But I mean, yeah. I, I need I need a moment to just like take that all in. That was, that was really great. I mean, it's, it, it is what, it is one of the reasons why we started this podcast was essentially to uh, essentially to really dig into what martial arts means and, and just living. I mean, he's like living the, in many ways, the Bushido way. Almost oh, definitely. And the thing is, you know, we haven't done an interview in a long time now, simply because of the logistics with the pandemic and everything. And it was, it's almost can be slightly intimidating. Right. And he was just so nice, so friendly so amazing. We definitely have more uh, interviews lined up, uh, some individuals that uh, we've reached out to and some that have actually reached out to us and been uh, kind enough. Yep. And uh, wow, once again, it's, thank you so much, Sean. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it, this, this, this interview kind of reminds me of, uh, of uh, almost how he was describing meeting Chuck Norris or like yes. us, us meeting, you know, Richard Norton, PD, uh, Samo. It's just like, it, there's something special about there's something grounded and so a light that goes that comes from within with these with these really top martial artists who are living martial arts in an authentic way.
Yes. And, and that doesn't always necessarily mean doing martial arts, but it's right. bringing that code. And I was just thinking about this morning, like uh, the idea, the concept of Bushido and how we need more of that in our day-to-day life. And even uh, myself, I need to honor that more. So this has just been the catalyst for me to get my button gear with some of my creative stuff to perhaps uh, reanalyze some things in my life that need some fixing. And I'm super pumped now. I'm super excited for the book. Uh, I'm super excited for everyone to hear this. And any final closing thoughts? Uh, You know, I'm just just very grateful for that conversation. And, you know, this, you know, we don't talk everything about uh, what we talk about during via text to each other. But I mean, this, this conversation is reflects where our state of mind was yesterday. And like, the the many the many struggles or the many like battles hurdles oh yeah right now and it just you know i'm yes. ready to go face those right now oh heck yeah no i uh, man you have i i completely forgot how we were talking about that yesterday just because it's yeah. so frustrating just things that everyone's dealing with right now in the world yeah. uh mostly uh career-wise for me right you know getting uh just wishing for someone to give me the opportunity and you know what, I'm, I'm going to make my own opportunities. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, and that's what, that's what we, where we ended on the, that, kind of, that text conversation was essentially like, you know what, I'm really actually enjoying doing this, yeah. this conversation and I'm having fun. So let's, this, this is what I want to do with my life. We're just going to stay on zoom. We're not going to end recording. <laughs> <laughs> just forever. All right, my man. But on that note, we probably should end the Zoom call so you can get back to work. And I will be talking with you soon. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. Peace, homie. Bye.